from Infinite Guest, this is Top Score, a weekly visit with contemporary composers who make video game soundtracks. I'm Emily Reese. Composer Jesper Kidd writes some of my favorite video game music, regardless of the game. I think of his music as having a complex simplicity. There are a lot of layers that are enjoyable, whether you're picking them apart and trying to follow what he's doing, or whether you're just listening. His recent project is called Borderlands The Pre-Sequel. It's the third Borderlands game, and Jesper has worked on all three. The Borderlands games are first-person shooters. The most famous first-person shooters are games like Halo or Call of Duty. Borderlands is nothing like those games, as Jesper will explain. I have loved hearing, of course, all your Borderlands music, uh, and it's just been really nice to spend some time with the music, and I am so surprised, I guess, that it hasn't gotten a lot more attention. So hopefully our conversation can bring a little more attention to it, because one of my favorites of the year, no question about it. Really nice job on it all. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I admire the most, and I think is one of the things that stands out to me as to why I consider you such an original composer, is your combat music. Um, how do you envision creating music for combat related to music where we're just wandering around and exploring? One of the reasons combat music can be you know, so tricky is that you have to you have to keep that intensity going at all time. It, whereas exploration music, you have a little bit more uh, options, uh, you know, to dynam dynamically go up and down a bit. I mean, obviously, you can't go all combat on the exploration music. Compact music is is always difficult. I feel to create, um, you know, because it can quickly tend to become rather, I don't know if generic is the right word, but there there is a formula for combat music, and it's more about intensity and and you know just just you know, keeping the pulse going. But I don't know, coming up with something a bit more uh, interesting is 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 difficult. So so combat music is always a huge challenge. I feel um, I don't know the approach. I mean, I I just I try to um, take as much as I can from the from the world that the game is set in and um, just just see what's there and what what I can expand on as far as the music. In Borderlands, there are various landscapes and areas and planets or whatnot that you visit. Do you like to stay in one area if you can and work on the the exploration and the combat? Yeah, I really like to stay in one area and just get everything going and um, you know feel like you're you're exploring it from A to C and then you can move on to the next world or the next map. Um, that's very much how I like to work. 
One of the other things that I love about your music is how you play with time. And, you know, you'll set up a track and you'll get us going on a motive. And then before I know it, it's placed in a different part of the measure than what I've come accustomed to, to hearing it. So one of the tracks that you do this in, in, in the pre-sequel is called Beyond the Biodome. And you start this, you know, 16th note motive And then just really, you just kind of subtly pull the rug out from under us as listeners. So does this come from improvisation or do you do these kinds of things more intentionally, do you think? I would say I do it intentionally, but it certainly comes from improvisation too. You know, I love things like that. That's, you know, listening to music like that, I, I get a kick out of that. So I'm, I'm always working on trying to come up with, with something that surprises you when you listen to the music. And I love meter changes. Um, I see it more like, um, in, you know, inspired by things like perhaps uh, concert works or something. I mean, even though this is a synthesizer score, I, you know, still get inspired by that kind of thing. Where if, if you had like some... Like let's say you had a ballet and and there's like a dance of the evil king or whatever and um, you know that music uh, you know the composer has that freedom to to write that in a let's say he writes a two minute cue when when the dancers are dancing around uh, celebrating the evil king and that composer has that two minutes or maybe he needs two and a half minutes to set the mood you know then he takes two and a half minutes um, or maybe he needs three and so after he written he, he write that usually it's choreographed right um, so that music is written first and so the composer get that freedom whereas in a film you're you're more you know okay that action sequence if you tell the the director oh I have a really cool piece for the the you know the the action scene here where there's uh, okay this this part of the action scene is some kind of car chase all right I have a really cool cue for the car chase can I just make it twice as long can you just make that you know you can't do that you know you're 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 more um, you know stuck with what's there and video game work is is again more like concert work in a way you can you can kind of you know do what's needed to get the cue um, where it needs to go and to really get um, the full effect. such a key difference between the mediums isn't it yeah and you know as i explore more and more tv and film work these differences just keep popping up i'm like it's always so interesting yeah how do you think it has affected you as a composer to be working in more i guess strict maybe isn't the best word for it but more regimented media like tv or film where you are locked to picture how do you think that's changed you as a video game composer well, that becomes part of the challenge when we're working on film and TV is to how do you uh, say as much as needed to be said in a, for example, a short amount of time. 
you know, you if you have like 13 seconds and you have to express a whole bunch of stuff with with all these different things happening within that certain 13 seconds, that's that becomes the fun, that becomes the challenge. Um, and it's not something you can take and you can you can say, okay, I have you know, I worked on this 13 seconds for a long time, and it's gonna be one of these things you put on a soundtrack and people are gonna enjoy. No, it's it's not for that at all. It's for that you know sequence only, and it probably won't even be on the soundtrack. You know, it's just a totally different way of of thinking. Everything has to do with um, you know that sequence and you trying to improve that sequence with music. So what have you enjoyed? I mean, this has been your third Borderlands game, right? Mm-hmm. So what have you enjoyed about working in that world and writing for that series? Well, it's an interesting, um, you know, world because there is this um, underlying humor within the Borderlands universe that's very unusual. Um, usually, when when you have these over-the-top uh, first-person shooters, humor is the last thing on your mind. You know, <laughs> yeah. so it has that built in, and that I think has has um, given us a few uh, interesting choices as far as music that it doesn't always have to be so progressively. Uh, evil or dark or intense. We you know we have a few more choices to kind of open it up a little bit. It's definitely not one of those things where I'm always thinking, okay, you know, we have to make this really dark and intense. Um, so, and that's that's often where it goes in video games, you know. So, what kinds of uh, sounds or techniques do you think of when you think Borderlands? Like, if you heard tomorrow, for instance, that you know, they're coming out with a fourth console game and it's going to be this extensive thing. What kinds of things go through your head when you think about Borderlands musically? Well, that's kind of a trick question, you know, because um, the pre-sequel, we were very aware from the beginning that we did not want it to sound like Borderlands. You know, we did not want it to sound like Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 1, which has a similar sound to it. Um, so we had to, you know, we kind of broke all the rules on that one as far as what we could do with Borderlands music. Um, so I guess you could say that it's expanding the, the, the universe, you know, now we have a, a sci-fi, a more sci-fi element with, I think the other one was more kind of a desert planet kind of environment. Um, I mean, there's still glaciers and everything, but still the desert planet is what kind of started the whole thing with Borderlands 1, at least um, for me and the music style, you know, and the dobro guitars and all the slide guitars and all that kind of stuff. It was a big deal, um, a big part of the score. It's so funny. I mean, pre-sequel. I mean, when you think of the Borderlands scores, there's a lot of acoustic instruments and solo performers um, and live instruments. And on the pre-sequel, there is zero, you know, absolute zero live instruments. 
And um, I did all the programming, all the writing, all the mixing. I did everything myself. It was one of those scores where I was just locked away and all the performances were done on analog keyboards, you know, and, and that was really cool. That was really fun to just say, okay, this is just going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no other performers on that. And, and that was also a very unusual thing. And I loved it, you know, it was a, it's a lot of fun. Do you find that when you're um, when you're coming up with new music, are you more of a rhythm guy first or a melody guy first? Yeah, I would probably say mood. If I create the mood and then things start happening from there, I can suddenly I can hear a melody there that's not there, and then I start putting that in. sit down at a piano and write a theme it's it's good i've done it on some you know tracks and it works but it's not really it, there's a few limitations to that um and i like writing with mood in mind and mood can inspire your writing but mood won't inspire your writing if you sit at piano you know you have uh several toys i suppose toys isn't really appropriate but you have several keyboards all kinds of equipment did you get to try out anything new for this soundtrack? Did you have a new keyboard or anything around that you just couldn't wait to use and you finally got to use it? Well, you know, I mean, some of the... I have a lot of vintage stuff, but some of the new stuff I really love is the Electron stuff from, uh, you know, it's a Swedish company called Electron. Um, and, I'm, you know, there's a lot of um, video game type sounds in there and Commodore 64 type sounds. And it's, it's just... Uh, you know, I mean, I was writing music uh, in the 80s, you know. I mean, that was where I started as a kid, writing music. And um, it was just such fun to be asked to write an 80s score. Because uh, I'm like, I was there, you know. I know <laughs> what happened because I was involved with, you know, I wasn't a professional, you know, video game maker, music maker or whatever back then. But I was totally fascinated with it and I followed it closely. So I knew, you know, how these soundtrack they sounded. I love that music. To this day, I love that music. Um, so, you know, I made sure to, you know, when I started putting those sounds in, it was really appreciated by the developers. So I kept, I kept going. With them. So did they ask you to simulate the 80s or you decided to do that? No, it was uh, it was uh, probably one of the only requests they had, you know, was like, this is, um, let's do a 1980s synthesizer score, you know, cinematic, you know, movie score type thing. Um, and then, you know, I took that and um, it just went from there. Very cool. What other sounds did you put in? You mentioned the Commodore. 
Uh, well, there's a lot of sounds, you know, obviously there's a lot of CS80. Uh, the Prophet 10 is in there, which is also used on... Uh, Chord Monopoly, SH5. Oh. Vocoders uh, in there. The string machines, um, some old school reverbs, uh, you know. like every time we talk, and this is not exclusive to you and me, this happens when I talk to other electronic musicians as well, Blade Runner comes up a lot. I know this is this is this was not in the plan. I didn't write this down that I was going to ask you, but I, I mean, do you have thoughts on what was so epic and important about that particular soundtrack? Um, yeah, I mean... It's 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 probably my favorite film soundtrack, you know. And I think that the mood and the atmosphere conveyed in that soundtrack was way ahead of its time. You know, other soundtracks at the time were were more uh, rooted in thematic material and, and and themes you could you could whistle. You know, it was the time around when. Um, when when you had like Indiana Jones and Star Wars and here is this Blade Runner which is like even to this day you know modern has a nice sound to it as well from a high you know from a hi-fi perspective he used a lot of the best equipment from the 70s and 80s on that score um, and you're talking about Vangelis yeah Vangelis and especially Blade Runner I think he he had the, the combination of equipment he used to get that rich sound is uh, I think my favorite one of his his scores where he really got all the the equipment just you know singing in this hugely atmospheric way it's awesome. Back to Borderlands and <laughs> give you a little whiplash. There's such great stories. I mean, the, the games themselves, I've loved playing just as much as I love your music in them. And one of the things that I love as a player, and it's not, again, unique to me, is these stories. So have there been stories, maybe even, even in the pre-sequel or past games, that stick out to you like, wow, that was really fun to score? Like you're, you're asking about a specific scenario, and um, I don't really have a, an example. Again, it was so abstract, and, and I tried to write this music just looking at a, a piece of concept art and then, you know, taking it further. And you've, you've had plenty of experience both ways, right? You've had experience where you're scoring basically to, you know, video that they've sent you of the game and, the, and just straight-off art too, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of scoring it to video. I love getting videos because it, it shows you the game. But, but for games, I, I don't. I don't, um, I don't use that so much because you're watching somebody play the game the way they play the game. And if you send me the game and I play it, I'm going to play it differently. So I don't, I don't like scoring to somebody playing a game a certain way. It needs to be more open-ended, I feel. Does video help you get a sense of pace? Yeah, pace is very important to, to get a feel for how the, the, the controls respond and, and, you know, is this a fast-moving game or slower or 
there's only so much you can see from a screenshot. definitely helps get a get a get an idea of how high action for example this this is or when, when it comes to a, a battle scene how how crazy is it or is it more kind of a uh, you know a, a bit more of a low-key thing or, or what it is you know can you think of anything else you want to say about it you know a ton of fun to work on like I said I really got to do something I've been you know, I've been wanting to do for for a while, and um, I got to use every bit of analog gear I have, which is which is a first, uh, I must say. That's awesome. Uh, usually, I just get to use a piece or or a couple of pieces, you know. But this one, everything was on there, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Jesper, so much for chatting. I really, really did enjoy the music, and uh, thanks much. Okay, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Top Score. Top Score is part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. Learn more by following Infinite Guest on Twitter. You can learn more about composer Jesper Kidd and see a playlist from this episode at infiniteguest.org. And you can listen to our other programs there, too, like A Tiny Sense of Accomplishment with Sherman Alexi and Jess Walter. Top Score's production assistants are Pierce Huxtable and Nina Paddock. Mark Hintz mixes each episode. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. You can follow Top Score on Twitter and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. That's Top Score. I'm Emily Reese. Uh-huh.